Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back, folks. We're joined by Ron Fauche, political analyst and publisher of Lunchtime Politics. Ron, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Newell. Happy New Year to you, and and congratulations on another uh, successful year and and putting on this great show, and and, uh, uh, Happy New Year to all the listeners. Well, thank you so much, sir, and thank you for your participation on the show. We really appreciate your insight and your time. Let's jump right into this. As as crazy as 2023 was, uh, Ron, there are those that are saying 2024 is going to be, one publication said it's going to be a dumpster fire of a year for U.S. politics. Your thoughts? I unfortunately agree with that. Uh, I don't see how it can not be like that. Um, You have a a presidential election at this point that's – that the country is very divided on. Uh, Democrats really detest Republicans. Republicans really detest Democrats. The independents dislike everybody. And, um, and you know, we haven't had since 1892 an incumbent president running against a predecessor uh, that he defeated. So, uh, so you've got all the dynamics of that. Uh, all the dynamics of what's going on with national and international issues. Plus, you've got one presidential candidate, Donald Trump, who is now leading the polls for both the Republican nomination and the general election, uh, who has been indicted on 91 criminal charges. So so that that's just the sort of a witch's brew of poisonous politics. Yeah, let's jump into uh, your most recent um, publication of Lunchtime Politics, uh, a lot of uh, polls that were done in early December. But I don't think much has changed. Um, do you uh, since early December no, to not, now? No, not a whole lot. I, I mean, I think we've seen uh, a few things. Uh, I think Nikki Haley uh, has improved her standing. Not dramatically, but she has improved her standing. Um, the The most recent average uh, among um, uh, Republicans basically have, uh, you know, nationally, have Trump at about 58 percent, Haley at 12, DeSantis at 12, and uh, Chris Christie at 5. Now, you know, a month ago she was generally uh, – Third and, and DeSantis was generally second by a few points, but um, but but that's changed, and it also looks to me like if anything, Trump has probably strengthened. Uh, and yeah. what a lot of people don't realize is as these other candidates get out, even though uh, the other candidates may not, such as Mike Pence, for example, may not be uh, getting all of Trump votes. 
the uh, uh, Trump is as they get out the race, some of those votes do go to Trump. And uh, and when you're talking about a candidate who's in the high 50 percent nationally, um, you know, adding another percent or two just makes his lead pretty, pretty difficult to challenge. So as we approach, I guess the first up is going to be the um, Iowa caucus, right, which is um, second week of January. I think it's the, what, that, the 15th. Yep, that's right. We we have that in uh, less than two weeks now. And um, 40 delegates are at stake. Of course, this is a caucus, not a, a primary, which means, you you know, people have to go at the same time and vote as opposed to going into a voting machine all day long. And that puts a, a premium on the ability of candidates to organize voters, get them out uh, to the precincts at a set time, and keep them there until the voting is done. So it looks as though, I mean, obviously the um, former President Trump is leading in, in Iowa uh, by a big number, right? Yeah, the, uh, the 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 average uh, right now has him at a little over 50 percent, about 51 percent in Iowa. Uh, Haley is actually running second now with about 17 percent. DeSantis third with 16 and Ramaswamy about seven or eight. Now, the, there's two battles going on in Iowa. The first battle is can can they hold Trump to below 50 percent? And if and if he's held below 50 percent, that will be considered a victory for the non-Trump uh, wing of the Republican Party. Uh, the next thing is who runs second? Uh, DeSantis was running second. Uh, Haley in recent weeks has moved up and it has been pretty much tied for second. The problem DeSantis has is that his campaign is really uh, not been doing well around the country. Uh, he's had tremendous organizational problems. He's had a lot of message problems. A lot of mistakes were made. And he has essentially, you know, put his chips on Iowa and said, this is the important race for me. So if he doesn't run uh, at least a strong second to to Trump in Iowa, his campaign's going to be in big trouble. And if he runs third uh, after Haley, it's, it's very possible you'll see uh, uh, Ron DeSantis getting out the race in two weeks. Well, obviously, because it impairs their ability to raise money, right? And Absolutely. I'm kind of curious if this holds true for Donald Trump, if Donald Trump finishes at 46, 47 <clears> percent. <throat> I don't think it would, because he would, even at 46 to 47 percent, he would still win the caucus. Uh, right. You know, for, for him, uh, obviously, if he lost the caucus, that would be a big problem for him, because that's not expected. Uh, it's a conservative electorate, even though I, I should say that um, losing the Iowa caucus isn't necessarily uh, a bad thing for Republican candidates. The last three Republicans in races without incumbents who ultimately were nominated lost the Iowa caucus. Um, uh, Huckabee lost it in 2008. Um, Romney lost it by literally just a few votes 
in 2012, and Trump lost it to Ted Cruz in 2016. So, uh, so, so Republican candidates without incumbents in uh, have not done very well in Iowa. Uh, uh, you know, have gone on to to win the nomination. So, what it means, who knows? But, but I think at this standpoint, uh, running a decent second uh, in Iowa, holding Trump under 50 for uh, Nikki Haley would be would be a win for her even though Trump would still get more votes. I think that's really what she needs to show she's the alternative to Trump. Would I be overstating this with the following? There are a lot of folks that really believe that that, that the Trump popularity in the polls is not a true number. They want to see this tested. I'm not so sure if Iowa is the true test because it's it's not a primary, so to speak. But Obviously, they're waiting to see um, as to whether or not it translates. Are you hearing that at all? Well, you know, we've been hearing that about Donald Trump since 2016 and uh, eight years ago. And um, and if anything, Trump tends to underpoll. He tends to do better. Uh, on election day with the voters than he does with polling. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean uh, that continues. Uh, he's in a different situation now. He's a former president running. He's under indictment. Uh, there's people running against him, but he's still running way ahead. But but at this stage of the game, uh, you know, I mean, it's always possible for there to be surprises in these early primaries. We saw it before. Uh, uh, oftentimes on the Republican side, you have candidates like, say, Rick Santorum or Ted Cruz, uh, who, who sort of move up uh, at, at the end in Iowa. Same thing for Mike Huckabee. So, uh, so you, you know, you, that's something that Ron DeSantis wants to pull off. He wants to emulate that. It's something, um, Nikki Haley wants to pull off, but, uh, as it stands now, it looks like that Trump is is ahead in all of these states. Uh, the the state where uh, Haley has the best shot to win uh, is the second uh, race, and that's in New Hampshire. Uh, polls show her doing much better there than she's doing anywhere else. And but even if she wins that, and if she loses her home state in South Carolina, which comes right after that. And I think she's done. So, you know, the these first few primaries, I call them the triple crown, uh, Iowa, New Hampshire, and and uh, uh, South Carolina, uh, really can can define this nomination race, and it very well could settle it you know, within the next few weeks. Obviously, uh, part of this dumpster fire that we talked about in 2024 has a lot to do with Donald Trump and his legal problems. Um, it seems that he's been Teflon uh, as it relates to what's been presented thus far. But we're about to hit the critical juncture on a number of, of these cases. I think one in um in January, uh, that's coming up, and one's in March, right before Super Tuesday, and then the possibility of another one in May and another one in August. Um, 
And I, I think there's some rulings that everybody's waiting on to see where they're going to fall out. Um, your thoughts about whether or not that that changes uh, the the psyche of, of the U.S. voter or the or the Republican voter? Well, it certainly could. And, and you know, the, the U.S. voter is very different than the Republican voter, just like the U.S. voter is very different, <clears throat> pardon me, than the Democratic voters. So so. But but one thing that polling has shown is that if Trump is convicted uh, of anything that voters think is a is a major crime, uh, then um, then it will hurt him among both the Republican uh, electorate and the national electorate. Fifty eight percent of the American voter thinks that Donald Trump has committed serious federal crimes at this point. So that's something that still hangs around his neck, and uh, and and I think a lot of Republicans uh, w- would be faced with a problem they didn't expect, and that is whether their party nominates a convicted felon uh, to be president of the United States. And uh, so clearly that could happen. But you know the timetable is very difficult to figure out here. I've talked to some. Uh, very experienced criminal lawyers here in the metro New Orleans area about it, and and I, I've gotten different things. A lot of them don't think you're going to see any trial start for 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 a while, and even if it does, uh, it 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 probably won't have a verdict, uh, and until Trump would be in a position to lock up the nomination, for instance, for, you know, a trial that begins on March. Uh, the first week of March, I think March 5th they're talking about, uh, that would come, you know, that would literally begin on the day of Super Tuesday. And, uh, and after Super Tuesday, it's, it's, it's not inconceivable that Trump would have the, the nomination locked up at that point. So, uh, so the timing of this is important. And, and then you get to the, the, the issue of, well, what if Trump gets the nomination locked up? He's uh, everybody else is getting out the race, and he's clearly way ahead. And then all of a sudden, you have a trial, and he's convicted on something. Well, the Republican Party open up the nomination at that point, in effect, saying, you know, you're you're no longer have to vote for the candidate that you were elected to vote for, uh, for delegates, which which has been a, a battle that you've had in conventions in years past. So, so that could happen. So when we talk about dumpster fire, there's, there's plenty of, of opportunity for that. Interestingly, you know, within the Republican uh, nomination campaign, you really haven't, it really hasn't been that dirty in terms of the candidates because most of the candidates running against Trump are afraid to go after him because they know he's, very popular among the Republican Party electorate. And even though not all Republicans want to vote for him again for the nomination, he tends to be pretty popular. So they're afraid of him. They're afraid of going after him. And as a result of that, the race has been relatively clean. I mean, there there have been attacks back and forth, and Haley and DeSantis have been going at it pretty good, and Chris Christie has been going at everybody pretty good. But... um, but it, but it hasn't been any worse than we'd normally see, uh, which means that this, the worst of it's going to come after these nominations are decided. 
So let's flip the script. What does it say for Democrats if 58% of the, of the U.S. population believes that Donald Trump has committed a serious crime? That their candidate, in almost every poll, loses to Donald Trump? Well, it says that the American people have made a decision and they don't want Joe Biden to be president anymore. I mean, it's just the fact. And um, and a lot of it has to do with age and uh, which is something that can't be concealed. You can joke about it, talk about it, you know, make fun of it. But but it it goes on. It's not something that goes away. And of course, there's you know, he has big policy problems, even though uh, he gets increasing credit for for dealing with the economy, for example. Uh, but still, most voters are not happy with the way the economy is going, and they're not happy with with his management of it. Uh, but, you know, and some of the issues that are really hurting and the, the two issues that that are, are really keeping Biden down right now. Number one is the border. For the life of me, I do not understand why Democrats don't embrace a change in border policy. And uh, to, to tighten up the border and to, and to stop the, the problem that exists today. And, uh, and, if, and if they're not going to change their policies, then I understand why they can't explain their policies, because it's really hurting them right now. And the other thing that I think is hurting Biden is the, uh, the war with Israel and Hamas. Um, on top of Ukraine, it creates a sense that there's a lot of unrest in the world, a lot of instability, a lot of conflict, uh, which, which does not help Biden necessarily. And, um, and, and, and it really splits the Democratic Party. And some of the first polls we looked at after the, the Hamas attack on Israel back in early October showed that a, a, a surprisingly high number of Democrats, particularly younger Democrats, Democrats under 45 years old, uh, are, are are very leery of what's doing, of what Israel is doing, and you know, downright opposed to it, and uh, and it puts Biden into a real jam on the on the policy that he pursues because if he looks like he's too much in favor of Israel and and supports what they're doing, then uh, then then these voters, you know, often many of them, like I said, are younger, not all, but but many of them, most of them are, uh, then, then Biden risks losing them. And, uh, and if Biden goes the other way, then he risks losing the supporters of Israel and, uh, and, and particularly the Jewish folk, which has always been a, an important mainstay of the Democratic coalition. So, so, so the situation in Israel right now is in Gaza is, is a very politically charged thing for Joe Biden. Which explains their delay in doing ever, anything with the Yemen Houthis, you know, that are backed by yes, Iran. Sure. I mean, we've got shipping lanes that are totally disrupted and going to end up supply chain is going to change and they become more costly for you, for products here in the U.S. I mean, a lot of this is going to really begin to develop itself more so, right, and be more revealing in the coming months than it is right now. I mean, so that's right. my point is the whole thing's getting stickier. <laughs> it's not right, getting any right. better. 
Exactly. And, and on top of that, you have a situation in Ukraine that most people, I think, experts in, 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 in the war there say it's a stalemate. And if it starts looking like uh, Ukraine is going south or, or the, the war effort is going south for Ukraine, and it looks like that, that Russia has an increased, increased chance to win the war, or at least to dominate the war, that, that would be a terrible thing for President Biden, because his policy there is very clear. Even though uh, a lot of people have, have uh, attacked his reluctance to supply the, uh, the equipment and the weapons needed in a timely way, which I think is a legitimate issue. But, uh, yeah. but all of that together is very difficult for the president. Absolutely. We're visiting with Ron Fauche, political analyst and publisher of Lunchtime Politics, talking about the issues, the trials, the tribulations that are facing us in 2024. We'll be right back to continue this conversation when we return. This is Newell on WWL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. We're visiting with Ron Fauche, political analyst and publisher of Lunchtime Politics. We're talking about what's headed our way in 2024. Obviously, uh, Ron, let's let's uh, pivot to Congress. Uh, I think there's a couple of things that are uh, are going to reveal themselves in the coming weeks. Um, obviously, we didn't pass a budget. There was a continuing resolution. Congress has until, I guess, it's mid-January to fund the military and until February to fund uh, several other the key government agencies in a deal that was worked out with the Democrats. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here, and I'm wondering uh, what your thoughts are if they're not careful, they could have Trump actually running against the Republican-controlled House <laughs> because he's not going to be shy about beating up on them. Well, that's right, and and, and and that's certainly an interesting point you make because he he, he would not hesitate to do that, and um, so they have to be very careful. Uh, I think I think Mike Johnson's management 
of the House so far and, and the Republican caucus in the House has been pretty good. And, uh, and, I, and I think he's shown an ability to be realistic, move forward without getting tied up in anything. And I, and I think it's because most of the members on the far right as well as more in the middle trust him. And uh, which is not something they 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 felt for Kevin McCarthy. They just didn't trust Kevin McCarthy. But uh, but I think most of them do trust Mike Johnson, even though they may not agree with him on everything. So so it's going to be a real test of his skills as a as a speaker and as a leader and as a party leader. And uh, so we'll see what happens. But but like you said, you have you know these these two big budget bills coming up. And um, and then you also have, which which has been even more contentious recently, the supplemental bill that has the money for the Ukraine war uh, for Israel and also uh, to build up defenses around Taiwan. And uh, and a lot of people are very, very concerned about that because that's new money that's not, you know, with the budget, you know, all you have to do is pass a continuing resolution and say, well, just keep things the way they are, and they stay the way they are. But when you're dealing with new money and, um, and, and appropriating new money to to these three needs like this, then it's, uh, it, it, it's even more important. And I think that's something to watch, too, because they're going to have to act on that. And, and the political sticking point there is the border issue that the Democrats don't want to make big changes to border policy, and the Republicans are forcing them to do it. And uh, frankly, if I was on the Democratic side, I would do it. I think the Republicans are, are doing them a favor on you know pushing on the border like this. So uh, so we'll see what they do. But yeah, there, there's a lot. You know, the, the next couple of months are really going to be filled with a lot of things. You, you very well could have the Republican presidential nomination determined, uh, and you've got these big matters of war and peace and, and military appropriations and border issues that could very well come to a head. What role will do you think will play, obviously, the Hunter Biden investigation? He's now been indicted. Uh, now you have the House inquiry, uh, right, impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden, um, you know, from a political process standpoint, I mean, it's it, it's as obvious as obvious can be that this really complicates these political issues, right? Well, it does. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think that the Democrats and Joe Biden have got, gotten away with something because of of Hunter Biden, but it, it, it really isn't the case. Number one, Hunter Biden is now under federal indictment. He's under federal investigation on a whole lot of things. And uh, and I can tell you by looking at the polls, the Hunter Biden issue has really hurt Joe Biden and the Democrats. Uh, it's not like it, it has yet to hurt them. It, it, it's been hurting them for a long time. And, uh, and it's particularly important because it gives Republicans a comeback when people say, well, you know, uh, Donald Trump has been indicted on all these charges. And they say, well, what about Hunter Biden? You know, and, uh, and, and, and that's been going on for a long time. So, 
So the political consequences of of Hunter Biden, I think, are, have already been, are, are being felt, and uh, and it, it's not going to get any better for the president. But um, but I do think the Republicans are going to do everything they can to keep that story front and center throughout this calendar year. The way that they've handled the media on this issue, meaning, um, you know, Corinne Jean-Pierre from the podium and just in general with the um, White House counsel, their messaging has become very nuanced, uh, but pretty overt that it's changed from didn't know anything about it, don't know any of these people, didn't didn't this, didn't that. How much do you think that's hurting um, this administration? Well, I think all of it does. And, and you know, from what I gather, and, and this is just gossip and rumor, but, but I suspect that it may be true uh, because it's come from really good sources, is that the people around Joe Biden have been told many, many times to not bring up the subject of Hunter Biden. That's something that Joe Biden and his family will deal with separate and apart from what his advisors and the political people do. And I think they also say, you know, don't bring up age. There's nothing we can do about it. The man is 81 years old. Uh, I don't know about you, Newell, or members of our audience, but some of the videos I've seen of the president, particularly in recent weeks, are look pretty different. You know, I mean, he, he it looks like the aging process is moving along pretty quickly on him, and, uh, and none of that is helping. So, um, so yeah, you you have some difficult matters here, and 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 of course, what the Republicans want to do is they want to tie what Hunter Biden did to Joe Biden, and that's been the stumble uh, uh, stumbling block they have because obviously it's the president's son and. and but, uh, but they want to show that some of that money got into Joe Biden's hand, that Joe Biden was part of it. And that has not been made clear yet, even though a lot of people think it has. It really hasn't. So the Republicans are still working on that. Now, if there's some break there, then, then that could really, really do President Biden in for re-election. But, you know, we'll see where they go. Well, I, I kind of think that people believe that you know, based on the seminal comments that Joe Biden made about this Hunter Biden fiasco going way back, right, when when they first right. uh, came up with the laptop and, you know, they attacked it as right. being bogus. They got the 50 intelligence folks to, to say that this was Russian uh, misinformation, disinformation, tip, you know, obvious. Uh, they spoke with with clarity and conviction on that issue, and then we find out otherwise that this is not the case. The son, you know, in emails to family members saying that he's had to give up half his income to his father um, over the years, and then Biden saying that I've never received any money. Um, and it seems to me, though, that the, he's almost put the ball in his court, that the easiest way to make his case is to reveal his finances, but he refuses to do so. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I, I think, I don't know about you, but that's the thing that I have the most difficult with listening to his message and squaring it up is saying, well, you control all that information. You have it. If it ain't a problem, reveal it. 
reveal it. Well, no, I think you, you put your uh, finger on, on, on the real issue, and that is that President Biden has never really explained any of this. They haven't made disclosures that would make people feel comfortable about it. And, uh, and, and, and it goes back to what I said before, that it looks like that people around him have orders that they're not allowed to talk about the Hunter Biden situation. Well, when you have a big issue like this, and political advisors and the people around you are not allowed to talk about it, then, then that means everybody's going to be living in a bubble uh, that, um, that over time will become very apparent and will become a big problem. And I think that's exactly where we are. And, and the, the fact that, that I've never heard um, Joe Biden explain all of this, I've never heard anybody on his behalf explain all this and uh and so when you don't explain things when you let them sit out there then they're going to fester and 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 people are going to start believing the worst and and this thing frankly does smell you know and uh and not only does it smell you've got a uh you know federal indictment already on this you've had a actually had a, a a plea agreement before that blew up. So, yeah, this whole thing looks terrible for him. And, uh, and the Republicans have to, have to figure out how they're going to handle it uh, so that it, it, uh, it continues to fester throughout the election, which I think it probably will under any circumstance. Are you surprised that in spite of all of the evidence that has come forward that mainstream media still, if you look uh, at, at what they're reporting, it's it, it's almost like a Benny Grunch ain't there no more song, you know. I mean, it's like it. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> it's like you don't hear anything. Yeah. No. And uh, and again, that's part of the problem because people feel that uh, that there's a big cover up here, and, and, and it, it starts with the laptop that goes on, and and uh, you know. Wh- we're in a heck of a position right now because based on Trump's situation and also the Hunter Biden situation, that um, that people just don't believe the federal justice system is working on these matters that involve politicians. And they see it all as as political and and uh, and the damage this is doing on the federal criminal justice system is enormous. And I'm not saying that to protect or support any side in any of these things. I'm just saying institutionally, the uh, you know the the impact on these institutions have been tremendous, and uh, and both the left and the right uh, see this and feel this and talk about it. So um, so all of this has done some really big damage. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where this ultimately lands for sure and how much of an influence it's going to have in 2024. We're visiting with Ron Fauche, political analyst and publisher of Lunchtime Politics, talking about things to come in 2024. We'll be right back. Stay with us, folks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here! Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back, folks. We are visiting with Ron Fauche, political analyst and publisher of Lunchtime Politics. Uh, Ron, we have something coming up at the state level uh, that is going to very much influence what's going on at the national level. We go into a special session immediately after um, uh, Governor-elect Jeff Landry takes office on January 8th for congressional redistricting. This could end up being a, a kind of a, another another battle, another dumpster fire. Well, it certainly can be, uh, you know, when, when you have a U.S. House of Representatives where one side has a, a tiny majority, uh, any of these individual uh, state situations can have an impact on it. Uh, but, um, but to do what, what it looks like is going to be required would, would produce an additional Democratic seat in Louisiana. Uh, the objective of it is, is not partisan. But it's uh, it's racial based on creating a, a second African-American district. Uh, but in effect, it becomes partisan because it's highly likely that the Democrats would be in the position to win that. So. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a big battle. Is um, obviously as an incoming governor. Probably wouldn't pick that issue to jump into a special session right, right in the very beginning of your administration, right? No, uh, I don't think so, and and particularly this one because their hands are tied in terms of what they can ultimately do, and um, but you know the, uh, when you actually take a look at the districts, uh, it is possible that you can you could you could take. Uh, in effect, the two so-called black districts uh, and, and create uh, uh, small black majorities in both of them, which would give white Republicans an opportunity to win those seats uh, if, the, if the turnout is low. So you've got a lot of, of politics here because it's not just when you create another uh, a black district, it's that you're creating two districts that if the black percentage, you know, to, to be able to get enough black voters into uh, two districts, you're going to have to take some away from, from Congressman Troy Carter. And, uh, and then that 
could conceivably put him in jeopardy against the Republican candidate. And the new district that you create, if it has a bare uh, black majority, could conceivably put that district into into jeopardy. So the, the politics here are, are, are endless, and, uh, and reapportionment politics always tends to be like that. And we don't know where it's going. But, but, but your point that as an, uh, an incoming governor doesn't want something like this to have to crowd his agenda is 100% right. You know, he wants to, to make his mark. He wants to do things that he talked about doing and that he's considered, uh, you know, part of his agenda. And something like this uh, effectively sort of, uh, you know, takes that off of, uh, off of the radar for a while. But, but the positive thing on his side is that this won't last long, assuming that the, the plan, the, the, uh, the legislature comes up with, if it comes up with a plan, uh, is ultimately approved by the federal courts. But it could be very divisive too if it doesn't. Oh, so if, sure. If, if well, what you, know you it's just be if, divisive. I mean, you know, if you just I mean, if they if they do what you just outlined, right? A, a near uh, near majority in two separate districts that, that creates an opportunity about turnout, right, and about chronics. Exactly. And, exactly. and there'll be there'll be a big look see as to what the chronic turnout is here, there, or right. otherwise. If that's the path that that one choose that the incoming governor would would choose, um, a lot of what he's done so far, which I think he's managed um, himself very very well um, from a PR perspective, I think he yeah. loses all of that from day one. He very well could, and and you know, number one, it depends what the legislature ultimately does. Number two what he has to do in the process. And number three, what, what the federal courts do, because they can drag this out. So, uh, so yeah, this is, a, this is a, a problem for him that he's got to get off the plate as soon as he can. And, and I think you're 100% right about it, because it can be very divisive. Look, you can, you know, it can be very divisive to take a lunch auto in the state capitol now. So, much less do something like this. And, and so you know you're going to have, uh, uh, you know, it, it becomes a formula for more fighting, more bloodletting, uh, without getting uh, the governor's agenda done. Breaking news, Ron. It looks like the Harvard president, Claudine Gay, uh, is resigning in response to her uh, response to anti-Semitism as that led to a scrutiny of our academic record that's uh, breaking on a number of publications as we speak right now. That's a very interesting uh, development there as well. As always, Ron Fauché, totally appreciate your time, your insight. Happy New Year to you again, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Same to you and all our listeners. Bye-bye. All righty, folks, we'll be right back. Scoot's up next. We'll check in with him. Stay with us. Welcome back, folks. Scoot's up next, and he joins us. Happy New Year to you, Scoot. What do we have coming up? Hey, very happy New Year, Noel. I hope it was a great weekend for you. Uh, coming up on the show, we'll talk about the Saints' victory. We'll talk about LSU's victory and uh, Jaden Daniels on the sidelines while the 
LSU Tigers were playing and he wasn't in the game. And also we'll uh, talk about players opting out of uh, bowl games. Also, uh, some of the names of some of the men who uh, took the services of Jeffrey uh, Epstein uh, might be released later today, and it's the beginning of a new year, and uh, we'll celebrate just this uh, this new beginning and an opportunity to start things fresh and start things new. All righty, folks, Scoots headed your way. Just want to remind everybody, Happy New Year. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. And uh, it's good to be back after these days off. I don't know about Scoop, but I gained about seven pounds, which i got to figure out how to get rid of. We'll see you guys again in the morning. Have a great Tuesday evening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 